Yeah, my girlfriend's uh, starting a podcast with her friend about like crap, Real Housewives oh, shows Jesus and stuff Christ. like that. And uh, she needs me to like show her how to do it and set her up and stuff. And so that's what I was doing. And I brought stuff yeah. ho- home from MAs and I showed up tonight and was like, God damn it, I f- fucking forgot the one thing we needed. All to discuss the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Well, that's what happens when you let her. Which is, I don't know if you've watched that show yet. It is phenomenal. No. <laughs> For both of you guys. I do not. You, yeah. should, you should step up your Bravo game. I do not. <laughs> See, I appreciate the non-Bravo. <laughs> Dude, it's a rough show. One of the women in Real Housewives of Salt Lake City married her step-grandfather because it was in her grandmother's will for her to do so which is an insane thing and right there tells what the fuck is that, wrong that gauges the entire series for you no thank you yeah absolutely no it's so good no thank you Welcome to Stupid Points with David and M.A. How's it going, M.A.? Uh, it's going well now that we paid $15 to get a cable Uber lifted over in a Mercedes van. It was worth it. It was worth then it. Then why Be- do we do that? Why do we have to do that? Because we got the Awkward Turtle back, season two, episode two, getting ready. Oh. Episode three. Episode three? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. We're going to leave that part in, though, so people know. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Stupid Points. We got the Awkward Turtle today, though. Um, she is gracious gracing us with her presence as she gets ready uh to be a captain on the captain's cup next week in iowa uh, live on flow which just bought track wrestling yeah we can not give a fuck about that but the website will probably still suck major dick but who no damn (laughs) aggressive out the gate yeah so victoria Thanks for hopping on with us. I know you uh, have tight time. We have literally 55 minutes, no yeah. more, yeah. before so you can get your super sleep before you go train tomorrow with Skylar Grove. Who is that? Skylar Grove. She okay. is my 68 kilos on Pepper Cup team. She just wrestled at uh, the pen uh, little card thing. Um, she's a she definitely put the hurt on me last weekend, so I'm coming back for some more. But, um, yeah, going to go train up with her for a couple of days um, in Jersey, and then we get time. So, so I'm excited. So for those that do not follow Flo, uh, give us a breakdown of Captain's Cup. Uh, just kind of the whole thing. I think it's a great idea. Um, I have some thoughts on it, but I want to hear your explanation for our viewers, listeners. Yeah. So Captain's Cup is a dual team tournament, six teams. Um, the captains are were mostly people who like qualified the weights for the Olympics. And then a couple, like I'm a fill in for Adeline and Jenna Burkett is filling in for Helen. Um, we're going to scrap. we got two pools. We're going to scrap uh, two duels on Saturday and then we'll cross over and work on placement matchings on Sunday, the 14th. Uh, we got to draft our team, so like I handpicked everybody on my team, and Royals handpicked theirs. So it was a really cool experience. They kind of put this together to help give senior level 
athletes another chance to scrap, you know, before Olympic trials comes in April. So it's a cool opportunity for us to compete, for us to train together afterward at camp and maybe make some money doing this. And the winner, the winning team, if I understand and remember correctly, 50 G's? No. No? <laughs> 50 grand total. Ah, okay. Yes, so it's 18 grand for the winning team. Um, and I'm not sure how it breaks down from there. And then captains make a flat rate. And then outstanding wrestler will get um, a prize. I'm thinking there's a grand. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, no, it's 50 grand total. Okay. See, that was a little deceiving when I just like. Yeah, but they always do that stuff. Well, yeah, no, I mean, but I was like, when you market it, I was like, okay, like, I'm sure you've paid like 25 grand for like Dake and Chimizo, right? Like, you know, somebody probably got. Is this an this is an event that's put on by Flow? Yeah. Okay. And it's exclusively women. Flow is putting this on. Yes, this the Captain's Cup is exclusively women. Sponsored by Titan Mercury. I'm not entirely sure what USA Wrestling's affiliation, if they're like sponsoring it or what, what's going on with USA Wrestling, but Nobody I think USA knows. Wrestling's involved somehow. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. I personally think this is like, and I'm glad, right? I mean, yeah. don't want to bring uh, Pat Downey back into this, but I think this is a direct correlation <laughs> of like his, his, his comments, right? Like, you know, we can look back and then you see slightly more more women's events happening. And now now it's like there's a full women's team duel um, kind of mimicking Titan Mercury's RTC team cup. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think this is flow maybe understanding like, oh, man, we've kind of missed the boat here a little bit by promoting our women and like getting more viewers but I think it's fucking great. You know, what, um, how did this, how, like, were you involved in the process of how this came about or were you kind of like dragged in when Adeline didn't take her spot or, you know, kind of give us a breakdown from your view. Was Adeline originally a captain and then she backed out? I don't think she ever confirmed her. Oh, okay. I think her and Adeline, like the spot was given to her and Helen Neither of them confirmed, and then they, I think they hit kind of a cutoff date, like, hey, are you doing it or not? And they decided not to do it for whatever reason. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, so the process, like, from my view, like, I have not had much to do with the event, I guess you could say, but like, when it was proposed, like, it was proposed on a national team call. Um, Terry Stern was like, hey, kind of uh, something to mimic the RTC Cup. Um, I, think, I can't remember what the other proposal was. I think it was like, um, like, a Titan team, a Sunkist team, an NYC team kind of thing. I can't remember what it was. Maybe I'm making that up. Who knows? But then they proposed the Captain's Cup um, idea, and I really liked that one. I thought it was going to be cool that you can draft teams. Um, we were also looking to have two teams from Canada, so like Erica Reed and uh, Danielle Lepage would captain their teams. Um, but that didn't quite work out, but it's fine. Um, and then I didn't know I was being pulled in until – it was like the Monday or Tuesday after France before the draft. So I had like less than a week to prepare my draft picks for that. But um, yeah, I didn't, you know, have much planning or anything involved, but I did like, you know, we got a little survey, like, you know, do you want to participate, whatever. Um, I did put like in the comments, I'm like, I think this is great. I think it's going to be really important that we drag in some college girls. Cause some of the college teams, like 
said we were not doing a season, like Simon Fraser. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, you know, Olivia Fisk got drafted in. So that's cool that she's going to get a chance to compete um, I, with us before trials. I, um, so you yeah, you I pulled somebody really from uh, NCC, correct? Correct? Or was she on the list to get pulled in? It was like a college girl from Northern. Um, was it Elena? I can't remember. Uh, I off the top of my head, but I think it was. I think it's a D three school, and that's why I recognized it. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's Elena from NCC, who I think it would be. It would probably have been seventy six. I even looked list of seventy six because I didn't pick a seventy six. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, why would I'm you? Assuming that's probably who it was, but I mean, it could have been. I don't remember seeing an NCC and so how did you kind of go about like doing your your draft poll did you like did i i didn't watch it so that's why i'm asking um did you did they do like a timer like kind of like the nfl where it's like you were on the clock and you know like oh yeah no there was no clock like thankfully we were kind of all like we kept it rolling pretty well there was towards the end a couple like sticking points but um like Thankfully, everybody kept it rolling, and it was, it went fine, went smoothly. But like as far as like how I uh, did things, like I was like I ranked, you know, people at each weight class, um, kind of considering not just like how good they are in general, like where they're ranked, you know, by flow or whoever they're ranked by, but like have they been competing? Like how how long has it been since they competed? Are they in a good training situation right now? Um, or like for instance, when I was looking at Erin Golston, like I wanted to get Golston on my team. I was like, man, she just made a move to Wisconsin. I think that's really solid for her. And she's been competing on these cards. Like, that's a solid pick for me. Like, I, I wanted her, but didn't quite make it there. Um, I also kind of looked at people just socially. Like, there wasn't a lot of people on my team who I was like, or, you know, in the picks that I was like, I don't think they are just a good person to have within a team culture. But um, definitely kind of took into consideration just that. Like, you know, just because someone's going to be number one, if they're going to, you know, drag the team down or, you know, whatever hurt our team in that kind of aspect. Like I'm not going to, you know, put that ahead of just them being great. Um, and then I kind of ranked my weight classes, like, you know, which weight class is really important to get someone. And I felt like 62 was kind of up there, um, you know, just because it's a deep weight class. Um, but even like within the top three, it's like they've all gone, you know, against each other in the past year and just played out differently. So that's kind of how I looked at, you know, doing the draft and my draft picks. Now, will you break down your team for us, like, on on who on who you picked up and uh, like who yeah. you're on who you're most excited to see compete, like on a on a team component. Right. Um, so I got Emily Shilson at fifty uh, kilos. She has been wrestling on cards. She's you know training um, all through this pandemic. So knew that was going to be a good pick. Um, she wasn't, you know, my number one pick, <laughs> you know, she's just a, a young girl and she hasn't beaten a lot of the girls at 50 kilos yet on the senior level. But I also see her as someone who can put points on the board. Like she might lose a match, but she's also going to go out there and at least put a team point on the board, which I think is really important. Um, 53, originally I had Peyton Prussian picked, um, but she had to pull out of the competition. So now we have Felicity Taylor, which I'm not sure if public information yet but breaking news uh, <laughs> that won't yeah, get I, released until friday wednesday oh we're gonna do wednesday yeah here? okay 
Wednesday. Wednesday. So you heard, you heard it first. We yeah. heard it first. Yeah. We're going to tweet about um, it right now to all 20 followers. Yeah. <laughs> 23. Um, again, Felicity has been, you know, training, competing. Um, I personally don't know Felicity very well. Um, got to call her on the phone, though, you know, a couple days ago, like, hey, you want to do this? And she's like, yes. So I'm um, excited that she's excited. I think that's a good sign. Um, so you're 53, 57. Desiree Zavala um, grabbed her up. She's another top. That's the funny thing. All my picks, they're in college. Oh. College athletes right now. So, so does that concern uh, you with experience at all? Or are you? A little bit. A little bit. I mean, they all have like some senior level experience. So it's not like they're not babies. You know, it's not yeah. their first senior level thing. So that would have been like, Ooh. yeah. But um, I think it's gonna that aspect is gonna play well for me because I think they're gonna a come out like, hey, I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, you know I'm gonna come out here and prove myself. Get some chippy um, scrappers. Got the bad news bears. The bad basically the bad, yeah, the bad that's news. A good way. The bad news turtles. <laughs> the... <laughs> yes. The grumpy um, turtles. <laughs> they just, they know how a team, you know, dynamic works better. I feel like once we get on the senior level, it becomes very, you know, self-focused. You're not like really thinking about like team points or, you know, the, just the team culture. But these girls are still in it, know how much that plays into performance. So I think that's going to be important to us. Um, okay. So that does there as well. 62, I got Emma Bruntill. Uh, she beat Jen Page this year at um, one of the cards. Um, just a stud. I love Bruntill. I got to not train with her, but I was in the McKendry room uh, during Thanksgiving-ish and uh, got to see her. And she's just always good energy and I'm excited to have her, you know, within our team. Um, and then got Skylar Grote at 68. Um, Skylar almost beat that 2016 Olympian at the Penn RTC um, card. Um, you know, gave a couple points at the end, you know, just silly mistake, but, um, she is, she's coming. Like she's made some huge leaps this past year. So I'm really excited to see how she plays out in 68. Um, she was my number one pick at 68. Um, so I'm really excited just to have her. So that's my team as a whole. Oh, and then our coach is Ashley Sword, Life University oh, cool. head coach slash my personal coach slash. I'm her maid of honor. I, 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 and actually, those are all questions I was going to ask now that I don't have to. Thank so, you. So many things. Um, now, how <laughs> did how did she get involved? Like, whereas, did she become the coach because, like, you're the captain? Like, was that how that worked out? Like, whoever the captain is got to invite who they wanted as their coach or as the coach? So, so we also drafted our coaches like, uh, at the end. Um, and... Well, like we actually did it like the day before, but we announced it at the end. Um, but we ran it, you know, from Tamara down to Jenna. And it was, you know, a list of coaches who said they would be willing to do it. Um, all female coaches, which I think is really cool because it's already an all female exclusive, you know, event that we're doing. So like, why not highlight legends in the sport? You know, people who are currently still coaching. I know our, I know our homie, Emma Randall is, uh, is, a, is a team coach. Yeah, so she's, Emma, she's number Emma, one. That's a really good pick. Like I thought that was really smart because Emma has worked with so many of the athletes who are going to be there, and Emma's just really good, you know, on that you know mental side of things. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. She has a good like personal IQ. Yeah, how to how to handle people. Yeah, 
and she's like yeah. she's come up under Terry, so like really knows how to work with those. I mean, she's done the juniors and the cadets and university, and you know she's been through the entire ranks and really knows how to. Right. Like that's a, I think one of the best picks that you know you can get. But she did pass on the Team Norway job. I'm still upset that, about that. You know that shows me. I I lost a little confidence in her after that. I yeah. I think it. I don't know if it was like it wasn't a, made public. I don't know we, if it was like available available to her, but I think she was like a top candidate, and she ultimately decided she, she didn't want to do it. She turned it down. Yeah, we which, were we which were upset to us. We were like, "What is wrong with you?" Well, <laughs> so we we had her on for an episode, and then it just like was like, "Nah, fuck you. We don't." Yeah, uh, the file got corrupted. And yeah. It, it, basically didn't work so but like a lot of that information was on yeah it yeah i mean david david was working so much that we literally just had to stop yeah like leading up to elections i was from like october through probably the end of november i was working like 20 hours a day like because i I was doubling up at abc and cbs so i'd leave cbs and go right to abc and back i would sleep for like four to six hours and just work but oh my gosh, that's intense. yeah, well, it sucked. But the like, like thinking about the long run with the pandemic and like just the amount of money that you would make during an election year in news, like I just had to suck it up and make that money. You know what I mean? That's basically yeah. how I looked at it. Because like just within the last two to three weeks, it started to slow down more. Where I'm working anywhere from three to five days a week and hours are normal again. So it's it's great. It paid off in the long run. Because I'm rich now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> He's buying the lift for, for the cable. Um, so you are the maid of honor to your coach. Congratulations. I saw that they got engaged a couple weeks ago. Um, is this your first time as a maid of honor? Um, so I'm actually a maid of honor in another friend's wedding. It was supposed to happen like last summer, but with pandemic, it got pushed back. So technically it's not my first maid of honor position, but her wedding will come before my other friend's wedding. So it's the first maid of honor performance. So that means you get to like do uh sword gets to be your like trial run on, on what not to do. Right. <laughs> it's like, ah, I should have not done this. So I've always found that being a maid of honor or like best man, whatever is like, it sucks because it's so much work and like, you're like, yeah, obviously it's like, Oh, this is an honor. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. But like yeah. in the actual task of it, it's like this is I have to plan all this shit. I have to organize all that. Like all this yeah. is going. And it's like it almost like I did it one time for my buddy in uh, right after college. And I was like, I, I think I was like, I feel like if someone asked me to be the best man again, I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, how does that how does that kind of work into your your life right now? I mean, we're how many months away? What, April? Right. So we're in February. Yeah. Two, like two months out. Two months out from trials now is all the maid of honor stuff after trials or, you know, because they're in Georgia, right? Georgia's just a yeah. little different. They're like they're kind of like Florida where they're like, yeah, you know, we're kind of just maybe having a pandemic. Maybe not, you know, do yeah. do your thing, but like also wear a mask kind of. Yeah, Georgia's pretty chill about <laughs> which is really weird because like when I come from Maryland, where we've been pretty like we had a stay-at-home order you know there's mass mandate etc then i go to georgia and people are just chilling i'm like you guys heard about covid right whatever 
But um, the actual team, like we've had protocols in place, obviously to protect this team um, and myself and the coaches. But yeah, so I guess she hasn't really given me too much duty except for just, you know, <laughs> what, do, so what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm sure like when it gets closer and like yeah. when I'm actually there, it becomes a little more. But she, like anything, she knows like, you know, my training is coming first and she's not going to try to put too much on me. Um, but she did conveniently, they both completely planned, planned the wedding for after like Olympics and stuff. So then when I get back from that, I'm sure she's just going to be like, here's everything yeah. for you. And I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. I will owe that to them yeah. at that point. Now, <laughs> we planned this for you. Figure it out now. <laughs> Now is is she a little more relaxed about this wedding? Um, I think there are some stresses, you know, around, but it it seems like it's gonna be a pretty like I don't want to say casual. It's gonna be a laid back wedding. Like I'm pretty like between their food choices and the um oh it's the right word the, the environment they're gonna kind of build uh, for the wedding. I'm trying not to give away too much. Because, yeah, yeah. You know, all, all the guests who are going to be invited, of course, don't want to ruin the surprises. The chill but um, it's going to be pretty chill. I'm like really pumped. Like, uh, like uh, my husband hasn't come to like any weddings with me just because traveling it just never has worked out. And I'm like, you're coming to this wedding. You're gonna have fun, <laughs> and it's gonna be awesome. Like, I'm really excited. So, um, of course, Ashley is stressed. She, you know, she's you know planning a wedding, which is always stressful. I've done that before, and uh, but I think she's taking it fine. And there's sometimes where she's like coach i work this many hours a day i don't have time to figure this out right now and you know she kind of sets that boundary and then she moves on so but uh i'm gonna see her in a couple weeks and we'll see i'll check back in with you guys see how she's doing. <laughs> yeah um so strong. so you're you're heading out to iowa and this is going to be your first competition since january right where you had a little bit of a struggle out there um how's how's it kind of feeling say what back-to-back struggles between france yeah well i didn't i didn't want to like you know but you know i don't i don't need the wrath of the turtle like making a pit stop into into brooklyn and like kicking down my door right right like i'll email you his address he's up there (laughs) um so you know not your greatest not not the not the what you were expecting, you know, you had the, the tough loss to, to gray, you go out, you have not the results you want. What, what's, you know, what, what were the lear- the great learning experiences from those, from those losses that now you're going to kind of take into along with really the, the dominating performance, um, her name's slipping my mind right Mensa now. Stock? Mensa stock had yeah. over gray, right? Like, yeah. you know, where, how is all of that kind of building into your psyche really like two and a half months out? Right. Um, at first I was just like, like, especially when the losses like happened, like I was like, okay, whatever. And then like, as it sat and I like watched the match over again, like between France and gray and uh, like, it did start to wear on me. I'm like, like this is not where I want to be this is not what I want to be doing like but um you know it's it's the best way to get you know feedback and critique is to just put yourself on the line and you know you know make mistakes like if I 
you know, held back and, you know, might've done better in those matches. Like, all right, but we're not getting like a true feedback. We're not getting really good data collection right now. So I'm trying to just remember this. Like, all right, went out there, got my data, take it home, you know, analyze it, work with it. Um, you know, and I, I truly believe in my ability to come back, you know, and, you know, my coaches have analyzed it. I've analyzed it. You know, I've got my dad, you know, texting me every couple of days, like you're a winner, you know, just, you know, <laughs> I, I am confident in myself. And I know that that is not, you know, those snapshots of my performance is not, you know, going to happen again. You know, it's not just, it's, it's just a snapshot, just a snapshot. Um, you know, the match with Diamond saw just a couple mistakes, but also on the other side, it's like, wow, I did this really well. I did this really well. And, you know, you know, I got a chance to see, you know, I am making improvements that I've been working on this year. So um, as much as it hurt, you know, I had to, you know, build myself up a little bit. My coaches built me up, you know, husband, family, et cetera, built me up at where I'm, you know, I'm confident. I'm confident that it's, I'm making improvements. I'm going to come back. No biggie. Movie. Now, w- I mean, it's it's interesting as I watched your match um, actually tonight because there were some things that I just kind of wanted it to see in comparison to Stockton and you. Is there anything that like you're trying to take advantage of that you saw in the Gray Stock match that you're gonna be like, all right? Because the one thing that like David and I saw is that like. She Gray, shut her down. Gray did not do yeah. well against a mobile athlete, right? Like somebody who is creating good angles and really preventing. And I watched yours, and it was just like she took that two-on-one, really controlled you. And then, and I actually had to watch it a couple times because, like, you were on the edge and your head was out. But they, like, let it keep going, and I was just like, there should have been no tech yeah. fall there. Like, what? Like, Look at her, yeah. her face. is like, yeah, fucking yeah. no, dude. Well, I'm like, how the fuck? Like, how is nobody, like, stopping this? Like, she got a turn out of bounds. Okay, that should be good, right? Take down to the turn, but now her forehead's out. How are we fucking eight zero? <laughs> of course, I made I I made mistakes there. You know, I should have probably landed in a better position. I should have been ready to defend, but I did. Like I was like, all right, my head's out of bounds. We're coming up, and then ooh, I'm over it. I'm like, um, okay, roll back, and then I'm like, all right, we're out of bounds. Coming up, nope, it's rolling again. So it's like, um. In the moment, like I'm never really good at understanding like what's going on, which of course that's why we have coaches. But uh, probably should ask for a brick thrown there or whatever. But um, it gave me a chance to feel, you know, tilting. You know, because yeah. not a lot of people tilt in freestyle. So it's like, all right, yeah, that sucked in that moment, but hey, that gave me this feedback. This is what this feels like. This is what it looks like. Um, yeah, that was a little weird. But yeah, you're right. Like Adeline did like struggle a little bit shooting on. Uh, Tamara who's very mobile which you know I can you know take into consideration like all right if I'm out of the tie you know cool she's not gonna be able to score me very well but also I still have to wrestle like myself yeah, like, sure, I am yeah. somebody I'm gonna come in and be physical on you I'm gonna be in the ties like I'm going to score off my ties you know so I have to make sure I'm making this balance of like well, this is what Tamara did and it worked really well but this is what I do. And these, well. yeah. Do you think you can, because I watched you uh, obviously wrestle at uh, Beat the Streets. I think that's the mm-hmm. last time I saw you wrestle. And you like, you mauled that girl. You came out and you just brutalized her. And so I was like, oh, shit. And then <laughs> I, thinking about that now, like watching Gray's match against Tamara and was like, 
she stuffed her and like really just shut it all down and great looked really like defeated and do you think if you come out and are just kind of like rough and tumble with her and like i mean just kind of like like again brutalize her do you think that would yeah. knock her off her game plan knock her out of her head a little bit yeah i mean that was a little bit of my game plan going into the open too it was just like oh i was in a weird mindset going to the open i was just like i want everybody to go home and have to ice their necks when i'm done yeah like i was already like going out pretty brutal and i felt good like i felt like it was in decent control i know she was getting her two-on-one but like there was a couple times where she had her you know butt to the edge of the mat and i was like all right cool like i'm, I'm in a little control here whatever um you know obviously not in the most control because she scored yeah so. yeah points but um yeah it's definitely mentality I still want to bring um I just got to make sure that I'm still looking for my attacks because sometimes if I see blood and I start you know just mauling on people and clubbing and whatever I forget that I'm supposed to be scoring points yeah, and I'm yeah, just yeah. bruising them so I have to <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just think because she looked like in that match she looked like she was so uncomfortable with what was happening I mean honestly it looked like she was learning how to wrestle for the first yeah, time. Yeah, and it right? kind of showed me that, like, it looked like someone someone in could get into her head in, in a certain way, and you basically you saw her, like, kind of – that was the first time I really – since the Olympics, maybe, and I kind of don't count the Olympics, but where you saw her break. You know what I mean? Yeah, she did not look comfortable. Like, didn't look like she was firing her shots off, like, very confidently. Like, yeah. Kind of like knee swats. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what I – you know – I don't know what happened because it's like you guys train together. So yeah. like, have you not felt this before? Yeah, before? and like, that's and that's, that's exactly, exactly what we said. Yeah, it's like it's like how how like like I know anyone I've ever wrestled in college. Like if we ever ran into each other in a tournament, I was like, well, I know what's gonna happen, yeah. right? Like I know right. he's I know he's gonna hit this freaking swing single to my right side, and I'm never gonna be able to stop it because he he always just gets me like in a bad position where I'm just like, shit, I know it's coming. And it's yeah. like, how do you, how do you not like, but like also, um, well, that, that made me think of her, you know, new move over, uh, to Oregon. And have you been at either working with, uh, Colat or Helen at the M um, DMV or like what's been, Ooh, <laughs> So I was going to Capital Club for a little bit. Um, that's where Helen trains and John coaches. Um, they are like the coaches for DMV, but with pandemic and COVID, RTC really isn't doing anything. Um, I haven't been to Capital since maybe November. Um, wasn't a good fit for me. I didn't, I didn't like how I was feeling there. Um, I mean, I will say like whenever we have like a combat focus practice like I was getting good matches good partners whatever but when it came to just drilling and really getting my individual needs met like I I wasn't feeling right there but I've been working with a club in the area called Headhunters and it's just a high school club but um one of the coaches there is like the Maryland girls like national team coach like they're you know he coaches them at Fargo he's like that coach um so like he'll come in and work with me like individually if I need like I'm like hey like We've done a lot of live this week. I just need to break down some stuff or, Hey, we've been drilling a lot this week. I need to take your ass for an hour. So he's good either way. Um, and then I've got a high school kid that I like to work with in the room and that works out. And then, you know, I, I have to partner that with, you know, going down to life every once in a while to get some real good feels with, you know, grown woman. And now I've been training with, uh, I've been training. 
I went up to Jersey one time and trained with Skylar and I'm going up again this week. We're going to try to utilize our, you know, each other as much as we can until trials. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I've been going. I haven't really, you know, worked with Navy. I, I went there like two times during the summer and that was even before Beat the Streets. Um, haven't really been there since then. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm training now in Maryland. And, and how is that, how is that feeling kind of leading up to everything? Like, do you feel like you found, like, I know you're saying you found, but like, do you feel like you're yeah. kind of getting into a rhythm two and a half months out, right? Like, do you, do you, do you feel like, do you physically feel like you're clicking on your cylinders or where you want, you know, with kind of the not short, quite, not quite clicking, but I'm getting there. Like, I feel like as soon as it sounds like when I went up and wrestled with Skylar last weekend, I was like, this is good. Like, I think this is, this is just a little, the little bit I needed to add. So I think maybe after conference, I can tell you if I'm clicking or not, but um, I don't feel like I'm quite clicking, you know, yet, but um, you know, I do, I, I like headhunters. Like I, it's a place where I feel comfortable, where I don't feel like isolated. I feel, you know, loved, you know, and appreciated and just, I feel part of the team there, which I think is important. Um, and I'm planning a little like training camp for me before, trials at life and I, that always leaves me feeling good because like I, I you know I feel like part of the team there I've got my coaches I've got my practice partners like when I leave there I usually feel clicking because everything's put together at that point so not clicking right now which is like stressful because it's like you you like feel like you like to feel like you're clicking but you know Ashley and Christian always remind me like you know you don't have to win Olympic trials today like everything's not going to feel perfect today you know yeah you win Olympic trials you know April 10th, you win that, you know, that's when everything that has to come together. So yeah, you want to pick gonna, April through July. And um, where, where is trials? I don't even know. <laughs> she doesn't even know. She's like, I don't There's know. Have it I'll just show up. You know, I'm sorry if they send me. Yeah, you know? basically. I don't think they even know. I, yeah, I was just thinking about this. I like, yeah. I, they haven't said much. It's probably going to be in Florida. Ooh. <laughs> everything seems to be going to Florida. Could be in Iowa City, probably. Yeah. Streamer and Megan. Sick. Iowa. Sure. You can't wait, can you? Yeah. Everybody loves Iowa. Can we get out of this like fucking time in Iowa. <laughs> this will be my third time in that little neighborhood. Can we get out of that? So what you're telling me is areas? you got your favorite coffee shop there. You know where you want to get your favorite juices at. Yeah. Dude, I love that little area. Like they have nice little restaurants. They got, you know, a, a bakery. They've got a nice little coffee shop. There's a Lululemon shop. Oh. So if you, you know, Tear right. some leggings. You right can go here. get them hemp. <laughs> Wearing my Lululemon you're talking about shirt. Iowa City is what you're saying? Iowa City? Yeah. Like, I've, I've been there one time. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Um, yeah, Iowa I, City. Just the neighborhood around Extreme Arena. I, I, uh, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Well, you can't go wrong with Trader Joe's. You can't ever go wrong Dude, with the Joe's. My uh, sidetrack story real quick. Sorry to interrupt all the wrestling talk. But Good. my brother <laughs> gave me a Whole Foods gift card, like 150 bucks. Whole Foods gift card for Christmas, and I was like, "This is awesome." Okay, free groceries. You bought three things. We, yeah, we bought. <laughs> I bought like we bought a lot of me and my girlfriend. We bought a, what? I was carrying. We were carrying like four bags of like you know the paper bags or whatever. And I was like, "This is a lot of shit." We walk in like three blocks to get home, and then I fit, put in our fridge and everything. And I'm like looking at all the stuff we had. And I was like, "We didn't buy anything." And <laughs> and then like a week later, we went to Trader Joe's and we had three bags full of shit. And come come home and I'm like trying to figure out how I can perfectly organize my freezer to fit everything and i'm just like 
Whole Foods is full of shit. I know it's it's a fucking uh, sneaky, well that that guy's guy. a, that guy's a piece of shit anyways. I don't know if you uh, we like talking politics here. Um, we're big politics guys now. We should just start a politics right. wrestling podcast. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we go back and forth. He he recently was like pretty much like uh, food's not that it, you you eat like shit. You know, don't complain to me about being like out of shape or overweight. And it's just like you do know like food's really fucking expensive and you're you're talking about the guy the, the, the CEO whole, the, of whole the, foods, the, yeah. yeah. I, you'd probably know the quote a little bit better, but he was pretty much like if you're poor and you're eating like shit, it's your own fault. Yeah. Never mind <laughs> never mind the whole food <laughs> celery water seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I know. it's such yeah. a it's such oh, an easy statement to yeah. make when you don't look at all the underlying issues under the surface. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that you're so rich that you own Whole Foods, right? Like, right. you know, like you got that Jeff Bezos money. He's a fucking bigger piece. Oh, yeah. I'm so he's such a piece of shit. But anyways, now that we're off the Whole Foods track, <laughs> um, speaking of kind of like some politics, you were working with uh, the Black Lives, uh, the Black Wrestling Association, creating their graphics and kind of re re kind of learning kind of things what's that process been like now you know like i don't know what seems like eight months later since we last talked to you like there's been a lot of growth in everybody and a lot of kind of reformatting um of how we process things like from where you were to quarantine to the black wrestling association to now yeah. So, well, one thing we had discussed last time was talking with my dad about, you know, cops and stuff because he was a big believer in Illinois. So I did talk to him. Um, you know, he brought up some good points. It was like, you know, uh, they are having so much trouble getting like good people to apply to be good cops. And when I say good people, like the good apples, I guess you can say. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they are just like taking whoever. So yeah. it's like, why would you just not take the whoever? Like, in my mind, that doesn't make sense. And then another thing is, like, they don't fund, like, you to continue your combatives training. Because in my mind, it's like, all right, like, you do need to have the ability to, you know, take someone down and, you know, make them sit still for a second. Yeah. You know, without shooting them or without harming them with another weapon. So, you know, in my mind, it's like, all right, you need to be taking combatives pretty frequently. Like, I've been wrestling for 15 years and I still have to wrestle every day to take down other people, Yeah, you know? So, but they are not like given that opportunity or the funding to do that. So they either have to pay out of pocket to go do it or they don't do it. Yeah. Which is a little like, um, that doesn't quite make sense, but it was like, it was eye opening Cause it's like, all right. So it's not always the police officer's fault. It, you know, it's a little bit above, you know, the system, I guess you'd yeah. say. I so mean, the, like, the, the system mind. itself is broken. Well, I mean, technically, technically not, but we won't get into like kind of technicalities. It was, it was built this way and, you know, people, it's hard for them to understand that, but the system's broken now. Right. And we've really yet to do anything to correct it. It's funny that what you're talking about, about like learning more, like staying consistent with your like combats training, essentially, uh, as a police officer, because I always think about my uncle and my cousin uh, they're police officers in San Jose. And mm-hmm. when you look at them, you're like, you're not taking down anybody. Like my, 
my uncle, when he started as a police officer, he was like 160 pounds. When he retired, he was like closer to 300 pounds. And I was like, what? How do you? How do you pursue anyone? How are you even like still capable of being? And you know, and mind you, I'm not trying to like shame no, him to a certain extent, but you have to like, as a police officer who's out on patrol, you have to be able to like. The point is to like get people if they're causing problems, and like no one is afraid of a guy who can't run yeah. 10 feet without. I mean, I've gassing out. I've run from fat cops because i'm like oh i just gotta make it at least two blocks that was my favorite <laughs> stuff whenever i'd you'd watch cops on like like one in the morning would be like they'd have these out of shape cops that would chase these dudes and these guys would just take <laughs> off and you would be watching like there's no way he's catching that guy he's like trying to climb over a fence and he's like f- staggering and falling off of it well that's the one thing like like i'm i'm not super pro cop right like there's I won't get too much into it, but I'm just not super pro cop. I think the I mean, we can all agree the system is fucking built on shit. Um, but like my mom did 33 years in the Air Force and she had requirements every fucking year that she had a run. Just makes sense. Right. And it's yeah. just like, well, even the fucking firemen who like they do it a lot. Right. I'm not saying they don't, but like they're not daily like out on patrol or whatever. It's like, but they have fucking yearly requirements and yearly training. So it just kind of blows my mind sometimes that it's just like, yeah, well, I guess that's a good point. You don't really see like fat, very like you see chunky fire. Yeah, but they're usually don't see like overweight or obese firemen. If you do, they're battalion leaders, right? They're They're not actually, they're not actually fighting fires. They're the ones saying, all right, we need more engines. Run this here. Where is this guy? Watch out for that. Like they're, they're more like, like it's a physically demanding job. You yeah. should be in shape. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But like, how does how is kind of how is your process going even even more now with a lot other things kind of going on the insurrection, right? Like, I look at right. I look at I look at it like this, and I'm not lumping the whole Republican. Sorry, how part. close How close are you to DC? Um, I'm like an hour ish, but at that time I was in Georgia. Oh, okay. Um, happened. But it was funny because, so like, you know, my husband works in, you know, military in the area. And uh, during that time, like, I had deleted, like, all social media off my phone. I was like, I'm in a training phase. Like, I don't need this right now, yeah. whatever. And, like, at the end of the day, I was, like, telling, you know, one of my coaches was like, yeah, Jacob hasn't texted me today. Like, he must have been really busy at work or something. And she's like, well, I'm sure he was busy with everything that happened in the Capitol. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And like I have Google knows in my phone, and like I get news notifications. Yeah. I was like, Google didn't bother to tell me like this happened. So like, <laughs> well, Google that night I like downloaded Twitter, and I was just like, oh my god, like yeah. what's going on right now? But um, he actually like wasn't really affected by it. He just had a long day at work. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was wild. Like the biggest thing I had with that was just like we had you know protests going on, and people were getting you know arrested and whatever for protesting. And I'm not going to judge on how peacefully it was. Cause I'm sure some people got rowdy or whatever. It happens. But like, you're just going to let all these white people just to that level, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh my there. God. Like, I was like, and I'm not saying like, they were probably understaffed. Like whoever was supposed to be protecting whatever, they were probably understaffed, but it's like, yeah, but this would be the time to, pull a gun yeah that would be a time to pull a gun is when people are targeted well we they gave us we pulled in a bunch of videos obviously to air and stuff like that for pieces and there was Mm -hmm. one video of you know the the QAnon shaman guy with the horns and everything 
he was standing at the at the Senate floor or what the representative floor up at their like stage. You know how they got that picture of him standing up there, and like mm-hmm. one of the Capitol police was just kind of like following him and was. Can you guys come down? Yeah, he was now, like politely please? asking them, "Hey, can you can you not touch that or can you not go over there? Uh, can you please just come down?" And I'm just thinking the whole time, I'm just like. Wh- what like <laughs> why are there no guns drawn like what like at, at at the very least like at least pull a weapon you're, you're pulling weapons on on protesters of like of a peaceful nature and then these guys literally broke into a government built like one of the most sacred buildings probably the second most sacred building in our nation and you're just like hey can you get down please sir thank you so much uh, like well, that's bizarre yeah. no that was like that was just like if you ever doubted, like, that there is this double standard. Yeah. Oh, 100%, man. It's just, for sure. Like, that was, that was I think, like, one thing I've, like, got, like, gotten better about is, like, speaking up, you know, just in general. Like, and it's not always, like, that's racist. Don't say that. But, like, yeah. sometimes, like, if I'm having a discussion, like, I'm very, I'm just very shy. And I feel like, like you know, I'm not person to, you know, speak up about some things. Um, like the other day I was talking to somebody and um, I was like, yeah, you know, I was talking about like people who come from, you know, poor financial families and it might be first um, generation college students, et cetera. And I'm like, sometimes it's hard for them to graduate because they've got to work a job because mom and dad can't help. Like, yeah. And so this person was like, well, you know, they can just, they, if they want to graduate, they'll make it happen. And I was like, I know. No, so and like normally, like I think before, you know, a year ago, I've been like, okay, whatever. But I was like, no, do you want, like? It is very hard. Like, yeah, mom and dad, they can't help. And is, you know, most of us have the privilege of like school is our job, sport is our job. No, job is job. Yeah, you can't feed yourself, and you can't get to school. Like, you aren't going to graduate. And yet, yes, there's people who are going to pull by the boat and we'll make it happen mm, fucking bullshit <laughs> phrase i know i hate you that know, phrase it's such a i i hate it like i I'll please honest, like, please tell me know, how i pull myself up <laughs> yeah <laughs> music doesn't line up it's yeah i know music. right it's yeah. but it's so, so like, disingenuous you know, it's like that like i'm trying to get better you know speaking of it it's not always just like it doesn't have to be angry it's, it's you know just continuing the conversation you know, like sometimes i'm just you know like i don't even want to talk to you right now anyways like yeah. whatever but like, no like this is a time where I can speak up and share my experience or share the experiences I've seen of other people, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's something I'm getting a little better about. Um, but yeah, um, still trying to, you know, like read, um, read um, Born a Crime, finish that book. That Such a good book. That was a really good book. I passed it on to Ashley. Who like, Ashley's a book nerd. I was like, you'll love it, you know? She's of course making fun of me because I had the uh, apparently I had the young readers edition, and she's like, <laughs> "I was like, it's what my mom gave me." So, sorry, you know, mom bought it for a minute. Listen, um, at least I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> it had it had pretty pictures. <laughs> I don't I don't read. Um, I listen to Audible. I get read too. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> I I don't. Care. Well, I've tried tried audiobooks, and it just puts me to sleep. I'm like. It's, I mean, honestly, for us, we have commutes and everything, like yeah. trains and car rides for like 45 right. minutes, so it's so easy to do, but I know what you're saying. Like, I'm like, I'll listen to this book when I go to bed, and then you'll like, you'll fall asleep within 15 minutes, and you're like, you have to figure out, you have to rewind like two hours to you're figure like, out where, where you were. Where did I end yeah. up? So, with this like new, 
I don't want to say newfound, but this like new confidence um, to speak up about. I, I'm just gonna say about anything. How has that? How has that impacted your wrestling life? You know, like has has what's happened politically and socially kind of leaned over a little bit into your wrestling to where maybe now you're a little bit more not outspoken in a negative way, but just like more more communicative about things that you need and want to be able to be our Olympic rep for yeah. this year. Right. No, that is something I've been like getting a little bit better about. I'm not going to say I'm great at it yet. But there is like improvement. Like I am trying to get better about like speaking up. Like for instance, like, um, like leading into the pit or um, card, uh, the practices I was going to, like we weren't doing a lot of live. And when we were there, like one minute goes. And I was like, I need, I need a little bit more. So like high school kid, you know, probably has to go home, do homework or, you know, play video games. Doesn't hear anyone. I'm like, Hey, like I have to get at least one more three minute go. And like, let's do three minutes. I mean, we just, the team cooled down, but like, let's go. And he would do it. And I was like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm just putting this kid out of his way, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, at the end of the day, it's like, no, I took three minutes out of his time. Yeah. You know, he didn't really mind. Like, so I am trying to learn how to speak up there. Um, you know, and I'm trying to speak up, you know, for, you know, my sport and for, you know, women's athletics in general, you know, online, but I am trying to also like filter it's like, all right, does this really need my energy? Does this need my time? All right. Yes, it does. Like, you know, just throwing a comment here, you know, correcting somebody when they say something that doesn't make sense or, you know, sometimes it's like, you know what, this person does not care. They are so far gone. They're just here to start trouble. Like, you know, filtering that out. But um, I am trying to stay vocal as far as like wrestling and promoting women's wrestling in general. Are you afraid of any like backlash from speaking your mind about women's wrestling? You know what I mean? When you think you see something um, that's like controversial or sketch. No, I, I don't, I don't fear too much as far as that goes. I will say like, I do fear backlash if I start speaking up about like racial issues or political issues because yeah. I'm like am I educated enough about this like what if I like say something that is wrong or it's not statistically correct or you know whatever like you know women's wrestling it's like yeah that I know is growing that I know we deserve respect you know like that I feel really confident about speaking out about. um so I guess the the fear of backlash is not necessarily like you know fear of other people's opinions but it's just fear that I'm saying something wrong yeah you know, that I'm not correct you know or I'm speaking when someone else should be speaking you know my you know, raising my voice too much when, you know, someone else has something better to say. So that's where my fear backlash, I guess, comes from, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I think the one thing that I would say just from a perspective is, like, you know what you know, and if someone has the proof to say it's wrong, you know, then as long as you take that criticism and, like, see it from a different lens. Like, I have a buddy of mine. He is, like, Marxist, anti-capitalist. Like, he's he's all of that stuff, right? And he, like, says a lot of stuff to me and we have actually really good conversations, but there was something I sent to him, um, about, uh, one, uh, Andrew Yang, he's running for mayor of New York and he mm -hmm. was just pretty much like, fuck him. Like, you know, whatever, kind of dismissive because he already heard him. But I was like, dude, just like listen to it. And he's, he is well more versed and knowledgeable than I am when it comes to like political stuff. But it's like, those were the times where it's like, um, where it's like, yeah, I learned something, he learned something, you know, we're still friends and, you know, we move on. So I think that's the one thing that I would say is just like, listen, if someone's, you know, if someone's, uh, you know, giving you positive feedback and like not just shitting on you, then like, 
speak up. But if they're mm-hmm. being a dick, tell them to go eat shit. That's you know, kind of all I would say. Um, I I think it's interesting, you know, with with where you're at and how you've come along. You know, especially since we first talked to you. Um, what other what what things have you been kind of thankful for within the sport especially with recognition that on wednesday was national women's and girls sports day or national women's Women's and sports Sports day Day, right well didn't used to have girls in it i don't know i mean i feel like it kind of girls and women in sports yes right and i thought it was something like that so like all my friends were posting national women's in sports well i mean i I mean it's all it feels like it's all the same essentially yeah Yeah, right but that's like one of those things where it's like uh, well they were women so i trust them right (laughs) (laughs) well this was actually something we we talked about last week not on air but i was watching um a fight to win on flow grappling and the commentators were using girls and women like very interchangeably and as a guy like I've never really heard that, and I've also never heard female commentators for sports very often. Like, I mean, think about mm-hmm. – I don't watch a lot of sports to begin with, you know, besides, like, football, a little bit of hockey um, or soccer. And so it was just, like, interesting to hear that. So, like, those well, things think, are kind of, like, I think what, now unlearned learning behaviors. What you were saying what, – yeah. what you kind of mean by that is, like, the fact that, like, if we were commentating a sports event, like, let's say we were commentating the WNBA and we refer to the players as, like, these girls out here, it would feel like, ooh, it feel a little rough for two guys to call grown women athletes yeah. girls. But if, like, say you were doing it or, like, other women were doing it and, like, referring to them as, like, girls, it feels a little less... Uh, cringy? Yeah, cringy. Because, like, right. it's all about in context. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, like, these... You know what I mean? I, like, I try, like, I, I mess up, too. Especially when I'm talking about college women, yeah. I tend to, like, say girls. But I do try to draw the line, like, high school and younger girls yeah you know older women try to draw that line and like verbally i know i mess it up and yeah i, try I just try and correct myself immediately but i think like when it comes to writing like that's when i'm like y'all could have proofread this yeah like, <laughs> yeah david david's my proof right reader no yeah. As, as, oh yeah i yeah i find i find it i find it difficult when because whenever i i'll I'll like I'm so say I'm referring to you one time and I'll be like this this girl over here and then I go like well girl she's clearly a grown woman this woman over here I correct myself almost always within the moment yeah I, but it's also like we're unlearning learned behaviors yeah. right like just general social norms that we were like so taught and ingrained to us but then there's like, a little bit of also like if if you're my buddy I'm gonna be like she's my girl what's up you know what I mean yeah. like it's all familiarity it's, yeah. too and like there's so many different levels to it yeah but. I back kind we could of get the, in a rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> right. Kind of back to that because we can finish on this because you have three minutes before you just shut the computer on us. Um, she said eight o'clock. We gave ourselves five minutes of buffer. I know, but she could. <laughs> just, she she came on and she had those death eyes for you. Yeah, she wanted to club collar tie club me. She wanted your head <laughs> on a spit outside of her house. So she <laughs> so everybody knows. That's intense. <laughs> she's like, I'm coming for heads, motherfucker. Okay, so but, I have one more question after. So go, but. You know, with this past National Women's in Sports Day, you know, the growth that you've seen now that we have Captain's Cup, we didn't get to talk about America's Cup. Oh, so you're asking my question. Sick. Oh, sorry. Oh, we're good to go then. Um, ooh. <laughs> so, which we don't, I don't know about, so it could be interesting. So, like, how does, 
how does it feel to from where you started as an athlete to now having like recognition on the world's largest wrestling platform to be like the spotlight like how does that feel knowing the legends that have come before you that rarely got those opportunities that like had to fund their own way to do all these little things and now you have the chance to win prize money i don't know how much but there's prize money on the line for you which is tremendous compared to 20 years ago yeah no it's incredible i i try like you know when i'm thinking about you know what i'm gonna say on uh national girl and women in sport day like i always you know think about like i'm grateful where i'm at like i've been in this sport for 15 years um and it's really incredible to see how far I've personally come. It's really incredible to think of how far women's sport has come, you know, whether it's wrestling or in general sport, like, like you were saying, like women before me, like they have to pay for their own trips. Like if they did get prize money or, you know, any kind of stipend, it was paying for, you know, the little things. I remember who they took, I don't remember who it was, but like they took prize money and finally got to pay for a mattress. And I was like, oh my gosh, like just the little things. But like they, you know, had to fight tooth and nail just to get a spot and be able to participate in the sport. And then I always think about looking forward and it's like, man, where are we going to be in another 10 years? And another 20 years, like, are we going to reach equal pay, you know, in sports? We're going to reach equal coverage, like, you know, equal respect. Like, is that going to happen in the next 10 or 20 years? So that's where I kind of look at, you know, when I'm reflecting on that day is just, yeah, we've come a long way, but we still got more to go. And it's, you know, it's encouraging and inspiring to think like there's still more to come for women's sport. Yeah, I think so. I think a big part of that too is from what I've seen is like you notice a lot more of like the male athletes are in full support of the female athletes. Now you're seeing that a lot in like the NBA. You see it more so in wrestling now. And I think that plays a huge part in like helping women's sports along in general and legitimizing them, you know? I absolutely agree. Like, I really hope that, like, you know, for we did a little interview with Jaden Cox and me and a couple of captains, which I thought was really cool. It was like, all right, Jaden is, you know, a elite athlete, and you know, he's he's a somebody. You know, he's yeah. kind of important, you know, whatever. And here he is, you know, taking time out of his day to run this interview with us. You know, um, it's exciting to know that he's supporting us. I'm sure we're gonna hear support from other guys as we're going through this tournament. Yeah. Um, and just in general, like, I remember when, you know, like, we were talking about, like, when the backlash with Pat Downing was going down on Twitter, like, there's a couple guys posting, you know, about, you know, their girls in sport, you know, or their girls in general, and, you know, what sport means to them, and, um, you know, Jordan Burroughs posted his little story about his daughter, you know, going to wrestling practice, which was super cool, it's like, all right, yeah, like, this is, this is good, like, it's, yeah. it's really helpful to have those, you know, men allies, male allies with us. And then, real quick, before we let you go, uh, yeah. American, it's the American Cup? We're, yeah, you, yeah, what's you, the, we, we what's don't the, know. What's we're the leaning, we're what's leaning going on? in real hard because we're, we want the juice. Yeah. yeah, so they announced an America Cup, which is happening the same week. It's like three days before Captain's Cup, which I just thought was like kind of a little bit of a bummer. And like this is a flow wrestling event? It's also flow. It's also a tight merger. I think Sunkiss is also helping sponsor the event. Um, maybe also NYC. I'm not entirely is sure. it a is it a men's but, thing? Just a men's thing or yes? Okay. This is men's freestyle. I think it's going on in North Carolina. 
but um, three days before Captain's Cup, and I guess this is a little bummer because I was like looking into Captain's Cup, and I was like, cool, we've got the spotlight, like all eyes on us, you know, yeah. going into this event, like people are hungry for another, you know, dual team event, cool, like we've got 100 customers, bring it on. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was going to be cool because like, all right, now we're going to get markers on like, this is how much money a women's event can bring, this is how many viewers, this is what you can bring with a women's event. But is it going to get watered down with a very similar event happening three days before? Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, so-and-so is going to be watching the event in the Mary Cup, and then I'm sometimes in the Captain's Cup, and I'm good. Yeah. So I'm not, like, I'm obviously not upset. You know, guys need their competition, too. They need to make their money. Cool. But it's like, man, could you guys, like, wait a week or two? Yeah. I mean, they could have done it on Monday, Tuesday, right? They could have done it. It's a little annoying. So that's just my thoughts. And I don't want to be like, but maybe if they, I know pandemic is weird and timing things right. But it's like, dang it. Like I just wanted like a really good hard spotlight on us for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I mean that my personal opinion and you know, it doesn't really mean shit, but like they should have just fucking waited a week. Like what the fuck's like, the fuck's it gonna hurt like you yeah. just say like listen we're paying you this is the weekend we want to do it. and i mean you probably haven't listened to the justin episode that just came out it's nice yeah. it's 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 a good drive because it's uh it's a long one but he talks about it in sense in the sense that like we didn't understand it's like this is one we can get guys this is one this is like these are the guys that we can get these are the guys that we want to pay for yeah and it was just like kind of like oh like this is why we're seeing the same guys kind of over and over again because of things that we didn't kind of see because we're not behind the scenes. So we just like don't know. You, you don't know what you don't know. And now it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense. But still, like fucking push it back a week. Yeah. Like you you put all this work in and now you're going to fucking water it down a little bit. Flip side, hopefully to wrap it up, hopefully they just plug the captain's cup a bunch through this event you know what i mean you know they just got track wrestling so they have double the power yeah yeah all the attention to both of us yeah so it's gonna be fine oh yeah. i'm going high hopes this week oh stay for staying positive L- last thing over under how much they uh unfuck track wrestling as a platform yeah. wouldn't they just eat it up though i don't know i'm just kind of curious what they would do it's got they got to redo the whole system yeah I think they essentially just bought it so they can kill it. So I now they have the whole fucking you know hope. I mean? Yeah. I, I'm like, are they actually going to use it? It's the fucking word. It's like from 1982. Well, basically, because I know we got to let you go in a minute, so I'll tell you real quick. The guy who created Arena, Adam Fenn, originally was a part of the, the main team. Him and the original track guy created track. And then there was beef. He left, went to Flow, created Arena. So basically, and they had tried to buy track like three, four, five years ago, but tracks sold to NBC. And so now they were basically, they're buying, I I assume they're buying track so they can have like the certification rights and run ev- all these tournaments for on the youth level through arena and essentially just kill track, but have their rights is my assumption. That's I mean, what the future of track, in my opinion. That's kind of what I was like, that idea of just killing track. Yeah. 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 I like that idea the best. Okay. Last thing before you hang up on us, anything you want to plug um, social medias will throw up, but discounts, things that give you money if you're on Rogefin or oh, Patreon um, or anything that puts money in your bank account. Money in my pocket. Um, cool thing. I have a little partnership with Stray Dog Strength. You can find them like through my Instagram, but Stray Dog Strength, 
um, can help you get like some gym equipment for your home gym if you don't want to go to your gym or you know your school gym whatever um, cables racks etc they do custom heights which is cool if you're you got a small space um, in your house so I get a little plug from that if you mention my name um, since we also talked about it plugging like make sure you're still growing internally you know about you know unlearning some of the learned behaviors you know if you're like myself a white privileged person who grew up in a white community make sure you're still you know educating yourself on some of the racial injustices that have happened are happening etc so and then last thing uh are you still taking work for um your graphic designs right now yeah. considering you're kind of focusing on right I have no issue telling you no if something comes up and it's too big, but like right now I have nothing coming at my way. So give me, I was just thinking today, I'm like, man, I haven't done a graphic in a second. So yeah. So if you're out there and you need some graphics done, slide in her DMs, throw some money in her (laughs) bank account and help her pay her way to the Olympics this year. And that's all right. All right. Thanks to the revenge of the turtle. Thank you so much. (laughs) It was great talking with you. Yeah, it's nice talking with you, too. Have a good night. Until next time. Take care. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. Oh, yeah. ExpressVPN is the world's largest premium VPN service provider with 3,000 plus servers and 160 VPN server locations in 94 countries and blazing fast speed. ExpressVPN allows the users access to their favorite events, shows, and movies from around the globe, even behind paywalls. To order, click the link in the fightsite.com Twitter bio or the banner at the bottom of the fight-site.com homepage. And welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the same commercial about VPNs. <laughs> Because uh, it's good for you. Uh, you. It's it's how you get to watch uh, UFC fights and not get caught by Dana White. Dana White, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Dana White's coming for and us. And Christian Piles, you're a piece of shit. Uh, so j- just kind of like there were two things to kind of like we're going to kind of piggyback on this episode now that we have commercials to break it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, it actually is kind of nice. It's a nice, it's a smooth segue. That, into something that, completely that the different. last one was hard though. It just like came. Well, because I realized as I was cutting it, I was like, we don't have any place to just cut it in or whatever. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I looked for a spot where you were talking about the little things moving, and I was like, people don't need this part. So I, because like I was like I was waiting, I wasn't waiting for yeah. the little things. Like, but I, you you went on like a minute about it, and I was like, oh, I can cut this out with a commercial here, blah blah blah, yeah, yeah, easy, yeah. and. Yeah, so like I was like, that's the only place we could put it. And like I listened to some podcasts because I was like, this is kind of rough. But I was also like, I listened to some podcasts where they just do that. So yeah, like, yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah, so now after thanks, thankful to our commercial break. Um, there's two things I wanted to talk to you about. The first one was the track and flow purchase or the flow track purchase. Now, does that give them access to the Olympics because it's through NBC and their rights? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I think because NBC has the rights to the Olympics, correct? Yeah, there's no way Flow has. R- no, 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 r- yeah. no. But I'm wondering if like 
contracts. like maybe that flow can will be use the f- like footage or no no fucking way oh no i'm just yeah I don't, no no it, the way that like wait, what we don't know we don't know yeah but track doesn't even get the I, olympic I footage is because like the way nbc's olympic footage is that shit is air fucking tight so like if flow wanted it they'd have to purchase it and that shit is expensive so but i mean potentially my only thing could be like maybe they're using flow as like how they use track to do like do the the scoring system and shit. Yeah. That could be a potential yeah. But I have no I have no idea, but that's the only thing I can see them doing for the Olympics, but uh yeah, what do you think about it? I think it's in- interesting. Like I like listen, I don't believe in monopolies, right? But like they kind of got it now. They they have <laughs> it now, but it's also like nobody else is really out there trying to do anything for wrestling, right? Like like, on, like on a platform level, yeah. Right, like it, it, maybe there is, and we don't know about them yet. Maybe yeah. they're like real small, and they're kind of doing some bullshit. But this is one of those things where it's like it needed to be done because track tracks was so bad, was, dude. Like as a former college coach, it was absolutely the most frustrating fucking thing ever to like if you know because we used it for regional tournaments. Um, so well, to they like had the they had the certification rights to like yeah they had you had to certify through them for any high any high school a- in the world anything ha- or in the country in the country right it is it was the most non user friendly fucking site I've ever been on even just to look up results when I was recruiting looking for kids like was just a giant fucking pain in the ass yeah it just seemed it but like flow was so easy like yeah. I had some frustrations with it like. Flow was more user friendly. It was, but it was way more. That way. It was yeah. way more user friendly. Yeah, there were just some things where I'm like, "Why is this this way?" Well, it's because the, then, the and creator of track. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even the creator of Arena too. Uh, they're like, they're, he was a data scientist, so like, he doesn't. He's not giving a shit about like. He's not giving user, about the front end. Yeah, user performance. He and only shit. cares about the back end and how he's, well it. He's is. concerned about the information you're getting, yeah. not about yeah. So I, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, to, yeah, talking about how they have a monopoly. You know, I've been discovering, cause, like, can I, when, I, when I work the overnights for work and I have, it's like four, three, four in the morning and you have literally nothing to do. So you're just I'm, surfing the internet. I'm scrolling through, like, the Instagram, like, Discover feed or, like, the shopping oh, thing those are, those, are, I, those are fucking rabbit holes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I've found there, there's a lot more, um, uh, there's a lot less of a monopoly on uh, gear now. And I came across, like, you know, like, shoes and, like, warm-ups and shit like oh, that. Oh, for wrestling? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's tons. I, I came across, m- in my search, There's they're going to get a free shout-out. because Not that it matters. Yeah, yeah. There's, who cares? But it was, it's called, like, Terra Grappler. Never heard of them. And the, uh, they appa- it seems like they have an apparel deal with Zahid Valencia. But, like, I was looking at their shoes, and I was just like, oh, shit. Like, this stuff is nice. And it's like. Oh, like, you know what? I've seen. Yeah. It's I've like, seen this. Yeah, and I was like. I'll, uh, those are actually kind of, they kind of have an old, like, you remember the Air Jordan wrestling shoes? Yeah, they were ugly as fuck. Yeah, but, but they kind of look like that a little bit, but, like, like I kind of like how they have, like, this, like, obviously people can't see it, but yeah. they have, like, this, like, semi-sock thing at the top, and, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. actually kind of cool. Because I was, like, looking, and I was like, I feel like it's been, like, 10 years. I need to buy some new wrestling shoes. Like, I've had those same uh, Adidas or not Adidas, Asics Rulon ones forever, right? Those are so the best. They're good shoes, but I was like, I need to buy some new ones. Uh-huh. I found those, and I was like, 
Give them a shot, Maybe, right? We'll see. Small, small. They public. are they are expensive though. Probably. I think they were like one forty. So then um, that's when I was like, "You're brand new apparel." I texted Mike Mal about it. Uh huh. I was like, because he follows them, and I was like, "What do you think about these shoes?" And he texted back and was, "They're not. They're pretty solid shoes for first generation yeah, yeah, yeah. apparel shoes." And so that kind of sold me because Mike Mal's a straight shooter. Yeah, he's no bullshit. So, and then uh, so yeah. Interesting facts. Though. I I do think it's I I do, I do, think there is a less monopoly on gear. Yeah, like you can always find something. Like you have, addicts out of um, Michigan. That's right. You have Compound down in Georgia, and then of course you can go with Adidas, Nike, Rudis, Rudis. You can go with Cliff Keen, Terra Grappler, Terra Grappler yeah. now. Right. So there's always going to be somebody. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> the other day uh, last night I was um, I went to comp class and so I was rolling with a uh, Jaime and Birdo and during one of the breaks because it was only the three of us like nobody else showed up yeah and I had to like move and I was like man I'm over here like a beaner rolling I was like oh I'm gonna start my own gear uh, <laughs> rolling beaners <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. It's only offensive. You'd, you'd, you'd have so many people trying to cancel you, <laughs> and then they would see you, and they'd be like, oh, fuck. I can't. Oh, no, no. Well, you're, you shouldn't do this. <laughs> you're right. I shouldn't. But guess what? <laughs> Pay me my money, and you can wear my beaner rolling gear. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't wear it because I don't appreciate that as a Latin American man. I don't really care. I just thought yeah. it was funny because I had to do a, like a panda roll over my shoulders yeah. like against the wall. I'm like, oh, motherfuckers. I was uh, – before we get to the second thing I want to talk to you about, I was watching this, like, same thing, Instagram discovery, and such it was a, like... Such a rabbit hole. You know how people put their TikToks in their Instagram reels or whatever now? I fucking hate that. They're, I'm not the hugest fan of it, but I, you do find some gems. No, no, no. I hate it because, like, when the when they write stuff... Yeah. I'm trying to read what they write, and yeah. it's, like, missing. I'm like, I don't... What the context For motherfuckers, sure. like... But this one was pretty good because it was, like, it's this... Uh, mm-hmm. She's white, but she's Mexican. Oh, she's born, one of, born and raised in Mexico. She's from like Guadalajara, Jalisco, and all that shit. And like, she's basically just talking to like. There's this Courtney. She's talking to Courtney, right? Who's like, you know, this made up white woman who she's also playing in her thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, basically, oh my god, like, where are you from? And it's like, I'm from Guadalajara, Jalisco. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, Hillary. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, how hey. do you how do you say how do you say uh, cucumber? Hilaria, uh, it's a, how you say uh, how do you say uh, cucumber? <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, you're from Boston. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, bitch. But she was like talking about going back and forth, and she's like, yeah, but like, where are you like really from? And like, oh, what are you saying? Like, I just, it's so good, dude. <laughs> I wish we could like air it on this and show people. It's uh, hilarious. W- we can we can like add it into something. The woman's actually a pretty large influencer. I showed it to Marcy, and she's like, yeah, I saw that like a couple days ago. It's hilarious. Um, what was it? I was, I. I here's the one thing, right? Like Instagram's really funny, but like I'm in a in a group chat with a bunch of the people from the gym, mm-hmm. and like whatever I've noticed, whatever sent in the group chat starts to like feed up in my discovery of course, feed, yeah. right? It's like motherfuckers, yeah. Um, so a lot of like just thirsty, just thirsty gym women, right? It's fucking, <laughs> Dude, that's it's fucking. I have a feeling <laughs> your discovery is about the same as mine, which is like wrestling and combat, butts, <laughs> yep, and just like. Gear, like yeah, workout gear, bicycling stuff. Oh, and mine is also geography. Oh, I have a lot of geography stuff. Uh, cycling, like because yeah. I like to bike. Um, jujitsu stuff, wrestling yeah. stuff. Uh, butts. Yeah, 
and so many butts, dude. <laughs> and just like random shit, like yeah. little cats and something. Occasionally, like that. but there's like I the majority of your feed is I'm assuming the same as mine, which is like eighty percent of your feed is just like combat stuff and butts. <laughs> yeah, that's you it. Know that's what I mean, and then it's just like random shit yeah. or like built like people who build things, yeah. and then you just like go through thirty minutes of like. Well, yeah, because one of my big hobbies is like maps and geography stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like I have a lot of that in there too. But it's like, it's like this, the demo, how do you break down Yugoslavia over the last 300 years and where they are now? And yeah. then right next to it, it's like this Brazilian girl is like just jumping <laughs> up and down with her butt. And I'm just like, okay, I, I am a very one dimensional human being. <laughs> Knowledge and booty. Cause I saw that and I was like, I like that. Okay. <laughs> it's great. Um, speaking about like your, uh, Mexican white woman, there was a, uh, Hallmark thing, so it's like there's a lot of us. Ma, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of yeah, Mexican yeah, yeah. whites. Yes, I get it. Um, Costa Ricans are historically light skinned. Yes, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, anyways, it was this one guy's like talking to like a a writer about like a Hallmark, like made for TV show, and it was the funniest thing. So it's like the same guy. If all of you know about TikTok, it's just one guy playing himself. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a Chad and a Brad, whatever. Yeah. And he goes, well, we have this woman. She's a teacher, but she has this dream to be a lifelong saxophonist, right? She wants to just make it, it playing the sax. And she goes to a bar, and like the and and the um the guy who's writing's like, ooh, tell me more. I like this idea already. Well, she goes to the bar. The bartender loses his saxophonist, and he's like completely in turmoil, and he doesn't know what to do. And the woman's there is like, well, I'm a saxophone. She's like, ooh, the plot thickens. <laughs> and then it like goes on and, you know, then she quits her job and they start to fall in love and they're running this bar jazz club and things get kind of dicey and they don't communicate very well. And then, you know, they break up and then they, and it's like, oh, it's so good. I don't know what to do. Where's this going? And it's just, and then it's just like, and then they fall happily ever in love. And it's like, oh, it's a tearjerker. We have to make this right away. And I'm just like, is this really what you motherfuckers do? That's a lot of what TikTok <laughs> is, dude. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like, that's 100% a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Except. I was also sitting here listening, and I felt like there was going to be a punchline. And you're just like, and then they just fell in love, and that was it. And I was like, oh, okay. But like, <laughs> That's that story. All right. But it's like, but they were just, the whole point was like, how Hallmark movies are made. Yeah. And it's just like, this is all of them. I'm like. It's kind of true, though. Oh, yeah, because they all fucking suck. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Second point. Second point is I was on Twitter today. I was talking to you about this earlier. I was on Twitter today, uh, as as I am on all days, uh, scrolling through my feed, and I was I just happened because I was looking at Arizona State took on Wyoming today. Uh, shout out to Kendall Norfleet for beating that Buchanan kid who beat the number one kid in the nation the match before. Um, but as I was looking at all the information for that, seeing Arizona State just destroy Wyoming. Um, I saw that like Fresno State also had a match today against Air Force, and they did this. They had this nice little graphic of like the the bio pictures of their wrestlers and like th where th what the weight class they're underneath or whatever. It's a nice little graphic, and I uh, saw that there's like three or four weight classes that didn't have pictures, and it was just like their Fresno State logo. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Because they had good kids last year. They had a couple of. I think they had three to five NCAA qualifiers who the majority of them were returning and they were like relatively, they were ranked in like the high teens, low twenties. And then like, and then like, I'm like, where, where are those kids at? I mean, one, one year left at 
Fresno State still, like, finish it out, right? Or whatever. I don't know. And then I go and look at their roster. 16 kids on that roster. That's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, right? It's sad considering, like, they came back, what, three, four years ago? I think four, four years ago now. I think this would have been their – I think next year would have been their fifth year. So yeah. I think this is their fourth year. They had an All-American two years ago yeah. for the first time back. And, like – And that was a great All-American match, too. Yeah, he fucking killed it. He was so good. Hoke it. Uh, and, like, it was – so well, thinking about that and, like, basically thinking how they brought that back and dropped it so quickly and they were such a – they're obviously not, they weren't like, they're not like destroying the nation. And like, they weren't like a program yeah, yeah, that yeah. like you brought them back and they're already making huge waves, but they're successful. They were having, a, they were getting a lot of good ranked kids. There was classic Fresno State where they're like top 20 well, they consistently. Also, they were also like, what, top five in the country for rank, for attendance, top right? Top 10, I top, think. I mean. They could have been five, top five though, honestly. I don't I know. I mean, you, your, your top. Your top but three are going to be Iowa, Oklahoma, but and the, Penn State. Yeah, but the Central Valley is a huge wrestling hotbed in California. No, but that's what I mean. Clovis. So yeah. it's like easy for them to fill in. For I could a, easily see them like four or five. I could easily see them being fifth. Yes, but they're without a doubt they were top ten. They were pulling in like over five thousand fans a match. Yeah, and that and that's what blows my mind yeah. is like they. It's not like they were getting in for free. No. So it's like they were making revenue. Well, like think about all the Clovis programs. Yeah, the, the, they're what there are four Clovis. Dude, there's like Clovis East, Clovis West, Clovis Buchanan, Clovis North. Boulder. Oh, I was just thinking literally the the Clovises, right? Not yeah. all of but them. But Buchanan is in Clovis yes. as well. But like that's what I'm saying. Buchanan is basically like I don't know Clovis South. I have no idea. I don't know where it is in relation to the Clovis, the, the compass of Clovis. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. there's a Clovis East, Clovis West, Clovis High School, Clovis North, and Buchanan, all in Clovis. Yeah. And then you have. Obviously I thought Buchanan was outside. No, Buchanan's in Clovis. But then you have a lot of like other good schools in Fresno also that are like they're like all those best schools like Clovis and Buchanan are like top ten high schools in the country. I know. And they're like ten minutes apart. And, and they're just going right down the road. And a lot of them do just go to Fresno State and then or like before that when they got dropped, they went to Bakersfield or Cal Poly and stuff. Yeah. And you see that stuff and it's like they're within a fifteen minute drive. All, like if I had a if Stanford was like in my back door backyard when I was growing up, I would have been to Stanford matches all the time. Yeah, and these kids got to go to Fresno State matches all the time. And it's not like they didn't have the ability to create an RTC. Yeah. Speaking of cancellation, uh, D threes. I know we talked about this last a little week. Bit, yeah. It's just like they're done. Yeah. That sucks. It's not surprising, but I mean, yeah. me, I mean, a couple of days before I was talking to uh, the way D. D3 operates, I felt like it was only a matter of time, even before you told me. A couple, um, a buddy of mine was saying that um, in like 32, 32 programs were not participating in this season yeah. in one way or another. And so you would like, you got to have a percentage of to have a national yeah. tournament, yeah. which I think makes it really interesting that like this is a free, year, like whatever. It's just I think it was stupid. They should have just did it anyways, but I get the, I get the protocol stuff behind it but whatever yeah but it's disappointing but yeah i don't know did you I, there was the Fresno state thing kind of threw me off because i was like damn only 16 kids left on that roster and then i made me think about stanford and i think like shane well, griffin and real wood and jay navis are all still there they're still there so, um but it's fucking stanford yeah i mean why would you leave right like yeah. you're getting a like, and if they're on like scholarship real woods and shane griffin i think are juniors this year yeah and like maybe if you double time your fucking classes Shit. and try and get your degree why wouldn't you yeah and you then know? you then you have two free years pretty much and then go Maybe. get a grad school degree somewhere else what is it um i was listening to something from 
Borelli, mm-hmm. and he was just talking about the finances, yeah. about how like how much money they got and how much they would need to survive, and it's just like they could easily do it with what they raised. I think they yeah. got like twelve million dollars or yeah. something, and it's just like we could run the program off the off the uh, interest that we got from like a high yield savings or yeah. whatever, and it's just like. Well, you heard about, I don't know if you saw what I posted on Twitter the other day. On your Twitter or on the? Yeah, I just retweeted something okay. that I saw, but it was basically like, and it was retweeted by, I think his name is Ray Anderson. He's a coach at Stanford. He's mm. been the coach there for a while. Okay. Yeah, assistant coach uh, for wrestling. He, it was basically like Stanford gave bonuses to not uh, to football and basketball staff members that were like the the trainers and the ball people, you know, like non-sport people that were like uh, that were there to be the a part of it they were they were like contributing they were utility people yeah like much. contributing staff they got bonuses uh, you know what it could have also just been now that i think about it, it probably was coaches and just like the whole staff yeah yeah, yeah. whoever whoever's on the basketball yeah. staff got a bonus yes and same with football and he made a comment about like it's funny that like me and all my other coaches who are in charge of 23 wrestlers right now on the trip didn't get any bonus and it's like technically that's you know they're a winter sport and that they're not the only winter sport obviously yeah, yeah but they're a winter sport they're traveling they're doing all this and I know they got kind of like grossly cut yeah, as, yeah you know as a program but like it's kind of like you cut all these programs you cut eleven programs and you somehow manage to find the money to give bonuses to the basketball and football staffs because they're doing this shit during COVID and like. Why, where where did that money come from? Fucking so Why disgusting. do you have that money? Why can't that money save these other programs? Why can't these, like what you're saying with Borelli, the money that they raised, they could fund themselves off the interest. Why can't they do that? Yeah. And if it's talking about raising money every year to keep the program, even hypothetically. Yeah. Even if it's just a million dollars every year, like, listen, this is the minimum goal yeah. we need to keep the program alive, let's say, for 10 years, right? Like, because that goes into the account, mm-hmm. then you have your interest, and then you take your interest, and blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? Well, like, how is that not a thing? Like, I how know. can you not just be a self-sustaining program off off of fundraising and loans? I know. Right? Because Especially you, Stanford, dude. I guarantee a lot of those, Not, I don't want to guarantee, right? Because nothing is a guarantee. Yeah. But I'm, I have a strong belief that you could raise a million dollars, right, out of Stanford from some of the people who have come, come, but that's what I'm just, but that's what I'm like, let's just do a low bar, right? Because I think Borelli said to make the program run, they needed like 600,000. Yeah. Right. So like just to make the program run with basic needs and requirements. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty standard. Right. Like an average wrestling budget is like anywhere from like 500 to 700. Yeah. So let's say there's a 600. Yeah. You know, because they got to fly a little bit more. Yeah. Right. But not too much more. Yeah. 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 Right. Because they'll fly down to the West Coast budgets are usually bigger than correct. Because they do have to fly. Yeah. Like Arizona's Um, is close to a million just because there's nobody. Yeah. They have to fly everywhere pretty much. Well, I don't know. Fly everywhere. We flew everywhere. Yeah. We took a bus to Vegas one year. Which makes sense. It's not far. Yeah, but it was six hours. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. It's not far, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like six hours is a long yeah. time, but like. Yeah. But that's the closest place you would travel to. And we're like, Iowa's driving everywhere. Yeah, yeah, And they fly to. Only the big things. Yeah, like like Cornell drives everywhere and flies to Vegas. Yeah, like, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's only a couple flying trips for a lot of teams. Yep. But West Coast teams fly everywhere. Got no choice. Yeah. But it's like, why? You just pretty much just say we don't want wrestling. Yeah. Like we just want to cut these sports because. We want more, but like, 
uh, that just like boggles my mind. But it doesn't make sense because they have an unlimited amount of money that they could. They have so much money for their athletic programs that they don't use it use every it. year. They don't need to use it. Yeah, I know. So why would you cut these programs and cry COVID and cry like financial issues when it's clearly not that? And there was and it and it's it's just bizarre because. There was never an indication that like Stanford had any kind of like gross grievance issues with any of these sports. There was no like sneaky like I'm going to cut these programs like at Boise State so I can add a baseball team. Yeah. And things like or Fresno State same thing so you can who, add a baseball who, team. Who ordered who added a lacrosse team? Fresno State. Fresno State. They added a baseball team which is was incredibly successful. I think they won a national title so. Ba- and baseball or uh, Boise oh. State added a baseball team. Boise State added a baseball team which I think got cut. Yeah. Because they weren't successful. But, like, you can't – one, you can't be successful within the two years. Like, you created the program. Yeah. But they got cut because of COVID issues. And then, like, most most schools, like, Oregon cut wrestling and added a baseball team, and they were really successful. Fresno cut wrestling and added a baseball team, and they were really successful. Both of them won national titles, I think. Yeah, but, like, I'm not, I'm not making an assumption, but, like, California is a baseball state. Kind of, yeah. Right? Like, well, the West I mean, Coast is – I mean – I s- in Southern California, because my cousin was a huge baseball yeah. guy when we were younger. Oregon State was r- won multiple national titles, yeah, and so I think that kind of drove Oregon to be like, well, you know. But that makes sense, yeah, right? Like you don't ever want to see a program cut, but like we're a baseball well, state, let's try to win some it, national the titles. Pa- the payoff was there, but when you see them like c- cry Title Nine and funding and stuff, that, but that's we, that's why they got to redo Title Nine. But when you think about the most expensive sport. Where you don't see a return on investment, it's baseball. It's so in college. In college, it's baseball. So fucking expensive. Like it's upwards of a million dollars a year spending budgets for them, and then you don't see any of that money back. No, because you're not making that kind of money back. But you also have to travel like fifty kids everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're a West Coast team, so you're flying. Everywhere. Well, not necessarily. Well, you, are we talking about wrestling? Because yes, but if we're talking about <laughs> baseball, they don't have to fly everywhere. There's way more teams, you know what I mean? On the West Coast? Fuck yeah, dude. Fullerton, all the Southern California schools are helping. But I mean, good. if you're coming from Oregon. Yeah, like Washington. There's a lot. Some of them are flying, yes. Like, I'd imagine, like, Boise State's team was probably flying a little bit more. Maybe Wyoming, if they have a baseball program, is flying more. But it's, like, it's obviously not the same as, like, when you think about, because I know everything we think about is from a wrestling standpoint. Yeah. And, like, the West Coast, there's, like, 30 teams tops from, like, the Rockies to the coast. And then, like, the 60 teams or, or, or 50 teams are all in the Rust Belt and so forth. And, like, so you think, like, oh, fuck, you'd have to travel everywhere. But in reality, they're taking buses. You know, mm, they're, like. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's different programs are different. Yeah. I yeah. guess I didn't realize, like, there were th- that many baseball teams on the West Coast. Oh, yeah, there's a ton. Yeah. I mean, you would have, I mean, just think about the big schools, Pepperdine. Pepperdine has a baseball team. Um, UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is really good. Uh, All the Pac-12 schools are really good at baseball. Ma- I mean, it, com- it makes sense, yeah. right? Like, no. you're it's warm year round. You can play. You can play baseball year round. Yeah, I think when I was working at Pac-12 Networks, uh, a Pac-12 team won it like every year that I worked there. The yeah. national title. It was Did like UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State. Didn't no, they didn't win it. Uh, Oregon State won it one time. Like, Did you get any cool gear? I got a shit ton of cool gear at, nice. at uh, Pac-12s. That's the only time we ever got like serious like swag. Like it was like they'd open up a closet and be like, "Take what you want," <laughs> and everyone would just like, <laughs> it'd be like a Black Friday situation. <laughs> it's always the worst. Like whenever 
whenever I'm around something, it's like, yeah, take what you want. You're just kind of like, uh, uh. Well, if it's like swag gear or whatever, it's just like, I'm going to take everything that I can. Yeah, and then yeah, like, yeah. if I don't want it, I can just get rid of it. But, take it a good But will. it's one of those things where you're just like, uh, you're like, why am I being so Dude, <laughs> I have a, like a, a half dome paperweight glass thing. That's a Pac-12 Networks thing. I don't know why I have it. I just grab it. And then I have another thing that's like, it's like a big coin, like a big novelty coin. It's like Pac-12 Networks and like this fancy shit on the front and back. I've never used it. It goes in the, everywhere I move to. It just goes into another drunk drawer. <laughs> like it's kind of one, uh, one time I used it as like kind of a coaster at one place I lived. And then it's been in a drawer forever. I think it's in a drawer somewhere. And then in my apartment now, and Marcy was like a few times been like, what is this? Can we get rid of it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know I'm the I, same way with some you stuff. Know what I mean? I'm like, no, it's mine. Yeah. You it's don't like, use it. I don't care. It's I mine. got it out of our closet at Pac-12 Networks in 2013, and it's mine forever. Like that beer bucket in the corner yeah. that none of you can see. I forget where I got that from. I think it was like NCA, like NCA's one yeah. year, and we were drinking, and I'm like, I want this bucket, and so I just took it. Yeah. And I'm just like. Now I have a bucket that sits in my basement. <laughs> I fucking I will only like use it. And whenever and, you have to do stuff, you're it's such a hassle to be like, what am I gonna do with this? <laughs> why do I have this? Why why have I not thrown this but away? But then you're yet? like, it's, I I should just get rid of it. And then when it comes time to get rid of it, it's like, no, oh, maybe I'll hold I, on. I, I, <laughs> a little bit longer. Long. <laughs> right, like the bike trainer. I like only during the quarantine. I've had that thing for like six years. Yeah. Well, now you got a Peloton. You don't. Yeah, need I don't anymore. fucking. Yeah. I don't fancy. even ride the fucking Peloton. Yeah, you fool. I'd go for a bike ride. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All I'm saying is save Fresno State wrestling, save Stanford wrestling. I I think, to wrap it up, I think Stanford has a decent. I don't think it's going to happen, but you're right. A, I'm not. I'm below average to decent chance of surviving. Fresno State, I think, is dead. Fresno State's dead. Yeah. I, the way their roster looks. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, if they're if – they're, if their roster would have stayed healthy with, let's just say, 25, 30 kids, you know, somewhere in that yeah. range, I think they might have had a shot. Because it sucks. Dude. Because now, like, as an administrator, you've gone through the year, like, oh, maybe we can work the budget again. Like, yeah. like maybe you have a reason to, like, try and work the budget again. I just think, again. ultimately, what does this mean for Pac-12? It's going to die. Yeah, but, like, they're back down to five teams again. And then also, well, it's just what happens with Cal Baptist? Does Cal Baptist go into Big Twelve? I don't think they do. And because this, they're, a, they're a, I think they're a for-profit institution. No, they're not. But they're a Christian school, and I know Pac-12 has an I- or like they're a religious school. Yeah, and no, I think Pac-12 has an issue with that of s- something like I'm not well, 100%. Grand, Grand Canyon was. They were, were for-profit. They were for-profit, and that but was they were, the beef. Weren't, weren't they religious as they well? They are a religious school, but they, the beef was but that was they the were for-profit. Profit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so which didn't make sense to me. Like, why would you do that? Like, wh- I mean, listen, we don't know what we don't know, but like, as a, and I know they went Division One to go Division One because they like for basketball, for football, basketball. Yeah. But it's like, were you not thinking about these things before? Like, and once again, you don't know what ads have to do and what presidents want, yeah. and what the chancellors want, and well, like, them more money. That's why they did it. Yes, though. but like. I don't know. There's just yeah, some and, uh, things. There's, I, it made sense that the Pac-12 was like, we don't want you. You're for profit. Figure it out on your own. And they ended up going to the conference with like Bakersfield and uh, like I don't know all the all the random one-off California schools that you hear of, and you're like, what conference are you in? It's like Cal State Northridge and shit. Yeah. But um, Cal Baptist would be interesting to see 
if Pac-12 is just trying to fucking survive and they're just like, you can come in. I think I think that's what's going to come down to. Yeah. I like what because well Fresno State wasn't in them. Fresno State was in the Pac-12 at one point. But not this recent time, right? No, I mean, like, the whole school, I think, was in the Pac-12. Or maybe it was just wrestling, I'm not sure, but it was, like, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, they left, and there was some beef, and, like, now Pac-12, like, didn't like them, and that's why they, like, Pac-12 doesn't, the conference didn't like the school. Yeah. And that's why they didn't come in this time. Which is so fucking Even though it made sense for, like, it didn't make sense for them to go to the fucking Big 12. But, so I'll be interested to see what happens with uh, Cal Baptist, and then I would be interested to see... If Cal Baptist goes to a different conference, what does this mean for like the national wrestling scene as a whole? Like, where do the schools go if if Pac-12 conference dies? Right? Like right. Little Rock, it makes sense they would go into the Big Twelve, but like, where do the where does Oregon State and Arizona State go? Where does you know what I'm saying? Cal Poly, where do they go? And does that force the NCAA to kind of think up a different qualifying system for the NCAAs? Would we move to a regional system? You know what I mean? Like. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year or two. I think we end up moving towards a regional system. Yeah, but I could easily see that not happening. And I, I could easily see the Pac-12 conference existing with like three or four teams where there's no automatic qualifier anymore. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I don't know. I could e- that feels like the lazy way out. But I do want to give a shout-out to uh, my boy Mikey from uh, Chop and Chops MMA uh, for hooking us up with the uh, male-to-male connection that we needed Oh, the male XLR to TRS cable? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you're into music, he is a singer, songwriter, and producer for uh, at Slow Richie's, and he also has a new YouTube um, kind of thing called The Bed Zeppelin. I literally have no clue what it is. Um, it's coming out uh, tomorrow, which is going to be the 7th of February. So if you're listening to this, you can go check them out. He made this episode happen uh, because fucking. He made the interview. He made with the Victoria happen. He, he made the. <laughs> he made it happen because yeah. fucking Marzilla and her. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, what man. is it? The Housewives of Orlando. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that's not. That's probably one of your best jokes. Uh, no, it was. She's starting a podcast with her friend that where they talk about like Bravo shows. And they're talking, and they're like on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City right now, which is again, if you want to hate watch something, that show is a fucking good hate watch. Because I'm not, I don't sit down and watch these shows there, but I'll watch like the last twenty minutes or something when I come in, and she won't let me change it. And it's like, these women are horrible. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And then it's like, but then you're into it, and you see watching twenty minutes of it, and you're like, oh my god, like I hate Miranda, and the you know, so you know, it's fun. Uh. So, last word, Emma? Thanks, Mikey. And last word for me, Tara Grappler. Hook me up with some free shoes or something, man. And Or not. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll pay for them. I won't pay for them. And that's the last word. Good night. Just kidding. I'll pay for them. Good night.